Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Horror. Your normal mind can imagine. I'm gonna die here. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Fucking dead bastard. And now... Introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Fetch of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome. We are fans of the dead. I'm Mike. I am Jeremy. And today we're talking to two special guests. Dave Green and Dan McGee. Yeah, I I came across a uh, a movie called Surprise that they did. Uh, it's an independent short film. I uh, found them on Twitter, where Bloody Disgusting had asked for people to put in some of their their work so they could take a look at it. And I reached out to them, and they agreed to do a, an interview. Yeah, a very fun horror anthology. Very well done too. I mean, the camera quality is amazing for an independent film. Yeah, the cinematography. And from what they had for a small budget, they definitely made it work, and it, it worked very well. Yeah, and they, I believe, and they'll probably talk about it, is um, they had submitted it to a few festivals, too. Yeah, so we'll talk to them about their hopeful festival run and the future of filmmaking in general. Here we go. Let's zoom. <laughs> How are you guys? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being on. Thank you, you very much. It's our, our first podcast. What's the vibe like over there right now? I know it's uh, been kind of rough the last few days. Um, we've had thunderstorms all day. Yeah. <laughs> we have two days of uh, heat wave, and then all of a sudden we have six months of rain. So That's how, that's how it goes in England. <laughs> and this week looks like rain for us, too. Yeah. <laughs> Although it was funny. I was there... July a couple of years ago it was probably 85 like all week and you know when you go down in the tube down like when you get low oh my god it's sweltering yeah it's not a very nice heat it's uh, very humid and it's uh, yeah you don't sleep well at night and so the rain is a welcome that's all we do in England we just moan about the weather yeah we, Dave's just embracing the stereotype there <laughs> well, that's what we do in New England, so. Traditions <laughs> <laughs> passed on. <laughs> um, so we have Dan McGee and Dave Green here. Um, so I came across your movie, Surprise, which I loved it. It was fantastic. Thank you. The, um, the cinematography I was top-notch for me. That, that was probably my favorite part. Yeah, what did you well, guys do um, for a budget for that? It was around well, the, uh, eight grand over yeah. uh, that 15-month period. We financed well, it as that, the, the budget also includes uh, travel fare. So 15 months was filming, but that also includes location recce before and obviously sound editing and music afterwards. Right, yeah. But we just kind of kept paying too. for it. Yeah, we just kind of pe- um, paid for it as we went along, really. We didn't um, pre-plan the budget uh, because it was a series of short films we could just focus on funding one and then work for three months of the year and then fund the next one so it was it was beneficial to us that way so was it kind of like fund as you go kind of thing yeah yeah we, yeah, we just save up some money and get enough behind us to, so that we could film the next short film uh, and that's how we did it we did the first three the first actual short films first Mm-hmm. Then we did the wraparound as a four-day like shoot, and then we did like the beginning of the film. Uh, that was the last thing we actually shot, and that was I like find, a two-day shoot. I find a lot of movies actually do that. They've they've filmed yeah. the first part of the movie last. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't even have the beginning uh, written for, properly when we were shooting. We was, <laughs> you know, 
we, we, we literally, we, we did uh, the first film, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chuckles first, just to see that we could do it. And then when we realized that everyone got on and we could actually do this, you know, as a project. Well, that was the first thing you actually pitched, Dave, the um, yeah. Chuckles as just a, a one minute short film, really. And then we just expanded it there through meetings in pubs and, you know, when, you, when you're writing it. Yeah. Now, yeah. was that the plan all along to do an anthology or? Uh, the pitch that I give Dan was, uh, as I said, was uh, Chuckles. I wasn't actually called Chuckles at the time. It was just called The Clown. Mm-hmm. And I had um, a couple of other stories that were just like one minute ideas, really. And I pitched them to him. And the idea was to try and do a wraparound with those short stories. And I always had the idea of the, of the club and the, the competition, which is, mm-hmm. which is around. But that we, that we, again, that was just like a little idea. And, and we thought that this would just be like maybe a 15-minute short. But then when we right. came to do Chuckles and we expanded it, we realised that was 10 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, you know, well, actually, we might be able to make a feature out of this. You know, and... Yeah, it was accidentally have, a feature. <laughs> yeah, so it was an accidental feature, really. Yeah, well, the wraparound story worked really well. It was uh, very well done. Oh, thank you. No, yeah, you guys no. have... Well, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, you go on. Go on. I was going to say, you guys have done a bunch of projects together. How, how did you guys actually get together? Um, I was working... Uh, so I, I went to film college pretty late. I was like 44 years old when I went to film college. And I was working with a friend of mine, and he was doing a short film. And... Um, Dan was one of the actors on the short film. Um, and that's how I met Dan originally. And, and then basically from that. there, we, um, like I say, you were, you were basically the assistant director, weren't you, for the yeah. two or three days we filmed it. And then I was doing a short film for an American podcast company called Double Toasted. Um, it used to be called Spill.com, like film reviews. Right. And they were basically doing for their second year anniversary, like a little film competition. And one of the days I got Dave as an assistant director for it. And from then we basically did another short film um, parody in Interstellar where Dave was far more involved as as opposed to just being assistant director on the day. He basically was the cinematographer, director of photography and editor as well of the project. And then from there we just moved on to surprise and nothing since Dave. Why is that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we've done another short film since uh, that's just gone into festivals at the moment called Paint the Sky which uh, Dan's actually wrote and he's staring in as well So, and it's something that's not horror we just thought we'd do something a little bit different it's more of a weepy you know you get your tissues ready you're going to be crying by the end of it <laughs> it's, it's something you know something we've never done before so it's trying to get away from horror just for a, a little bit till we'll go back to horror probably next year or later this year. Got a few yeah. ideas. When Have the world goes always... back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. If and when. Um, now, have you guys always been horror fans? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Since I, since I was a child. I, I was listening to your podcast with the the other British guy. Um, can't remember his name at the moment. Ian. Oh, Ian. Yeah. And um, he was talking about uh, he must be a very similar age to me. He was talking about the Hammer House of Horror playing on a Saturday night. And stuff. I, I did all that. You know, I, I, I was at my grandma's uh, on a Saturday night when my mum and dad went to the pub, babysitting. I would, I would watch, like, they'd have 50s uh, B-movie films, like um, Day of the Earth, Stuff Stale and stuff like that. And then later on, they would show a Hammer House of Horror film. So that's what I grew up on. And then, you know, obviously 80s horror films I love growing up in the 80s, like Lost Boys and stuff like that, you know. I think I liked horror films because I wasn't really meant to watch them. My mum would always kick off when I'd stay at my my auntie's house and I'd sleep in in the living room. And I remember pretending to be asleep because I used to watch TV in there. And I remember films like Starship Troopers and Aliens being on when I was about eight years old and just finding, loving them that way. Yeah, the whole taboo aspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like something that you weren't meant to be watching. So I can imagine in the 80s when you had films like Evil Dead and Last House on the Left, the feeling it would be to have a copy of that on VHS or whatever. 
like I say, I'm I'm, uh, I'm a lot younger, so it's a different generation for me. Yeah. I wouldn't say a lot younger, but you know. <laughs> I remember probably the first horror movie I ever saw was called Alligator. Yeah. I think it's I think it's from 1980. I think it was. I don't know. I have an obsession with them. I'm fascinated by them. So I just saw this big giant alligator. Just I've got it on DVD upstairs. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's great. I mean, it's terrible. I love it's great. giant monster movies. I love giant monster movies. There's a big creature in it, anaconda or something. I love it. Yeah, yeah I saw Jaws on a, a cruise ship when I was about 10. Um, and that just blew me away. I actually watched it twice in a day. The, the cruise ship had a little cinema. And I... I remember walking through this red curtain and into the cinema and wondering what was this film and sitting down and there was a rotting hand with crabs on the screen and I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? You know, and I'm about, I must be about 11 years old. And I came out of that cinema, went, found my mum and dad and told them where I were and went back and watched it again. You know, it's been my <laughs> favourite film ever since. <laughs> So um, let's talk about surprise a little bit. It definitely, the opening definitely has a bit of a, a creep show vibe to it with that comic, like the comic book kind of opening, which I thought was really cool. It was basically yeah, just, we wanted to kind of um, spice the film up a bit, just in case right. it didn't work. We wanted, uh, like I said, it, w- it was a collaborative project for everyone. So Dave knows a guy who has a drone. Mike will put a few drone shots in there. Um, I did a bit of graphic design back in college so I thought, well, I could just use that a bit of flash animation. Um, like I say, just to spice it up a bit, give it this, like I say, creep right. show vibe, because that was obviously a huge influence with any anthology horror that you do. You have right. to pay homage to creep show or, you know, be aware of its existence. So we just kind of took the blatant one and just went, right, let's make it a comic book. Let's not look like we just ripped this off. <laughs> so you guys pretty um, much handled everything or every aspect of the movie, directing, writing, yeah. casting, editing, yeah, we, casting, uh, making sandwiches. It was pretty small crew when you're on set. It's uh, me and Dan, the cameraman, the sound man, and, and the actors more or less, and that's it. You know, right. there's, there's not, it's quite a small crew every, every time we were shooting. You right. Know, and so. every, you know, other than like the bar scenes, like, there was really only the same like few people. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the selling point of the film, really, because you were getting the same group of actors, and when you pitch it to them, because like I say, it was the first time we did something this big um, as people behind the camera as creatives. So we were we were figuring that as someone who does a bit of acting, you can get these actors playing three or four different roles in the same film. So when they do a showreel, they could use part of each film, and it looks like four different projects. That's why I like like American horror stories so much, because yeah. I love seeing you know the the actors in different roles and see how they you know they kind of change up their style a bit. Yeah, that, yeah. That was the idea. It was to try and give each actor a diff, a completely different role from each film. You know, so like Patrick's playing evil clown, and then he's a detective <laughs> in the next one, and you know, right. He was originally in the third one, but we couldn't when we came to edit it, it just didn't work. So then we wrote into uh, the wraparound that he'd actually gone away from the table and then he comes back. That's why he comes back. Because we right. could just put him into the third one, which was a shame. But that's what happens when you're, you're editing and, you know, it just wasn't working. Yeah. And we, we also had, like, uh, the guy who plays Byron. He was going to be um, in the bar, the wraparound. Uh, but we couldn't get him for the, the four days that we were shooting, so we decided to just put poster up in the in the club. So he's actually there on the poster. Um, so so there is you know that connection each time. Yeah, I did you notice know, a lot of Easter eggs you guys put. Yeah, in. a little Easter egg. Yeah, yeah if you're you fans of horror, you'll know there's a lot of. <laughs> I wish I wish I had a, a copy of the menu because the menu that they read on the drinks menu. Obviously, I, I listened to some of you guys earlier and you talked about From Dust Till Dawn, which is one of my favourite horror films and it's certainly an influence on Surprise. Um, there's a drink in it called the, twi- the, the Titty Twister, which they drink, which is the making of documentary for From Dust Till Dawn on the special edition DVD. Um, but the, on the actual drinks menu that they read, we didn't get a shot of it, but all the drinks are named after certain um, 
horror icons or films. There's so many Easter eggs on there, which is a detail that we didn't even put in the film, but it was there on set. Well, I noticed. I noticed on the um, actually the clown picture. I noticed you had um, Haddonfield on it. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was pretty cool. Um, so they, I mean, they all meet. Laura, Laurie, was it Laura? Laura. Yeah. Laura. She was fantastic. She yeah. was absolutely fantastic, and I loved her. Basically, I don't give a fuck kind of attitude. Mm. I I think though the line that that made me laugh was when she, um, she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna stop you right there," and she's like, "What?" <laughs> Debbie's like, "What?" I've got nothing no, to say. <laughs> I've got nothing to say. Just want you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure she's listening, so she'll she'll be loving that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and so I saw Surprise first, and then I was turned on to you know, a Friday the 13th fan film. And I saw her in it. And I'm like, holy crap, that's the chick from uh, from Surprise, which I didn't expect that. She's, she's done a lot of a lot of horror films. I, th- I think Surprise was one of the first ones, but because it was filmed over 15 right. months, she's done a lot in between. She's worked I noticed in America that. quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. She's won quite a few awards with this as well. So makes us look good. Yeah. Makes us look like we did our jobs right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Best Picture Award for it too. You guys definitely did a great job. We've, we've been nominated um, for Best Feature and Best Directors. We'll find out on Monday if we've won them for mm-hmm. a festival called the Scene Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, Good so, luck. Yeah, we'll find out Monday if we've won that. We'll Actually, another one of the other guys I like, uh, Archie. You use him in a few of your films. <laughs> I love Archie. Yeah, Archie's a character. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 you give him the script and he just kind of goes off and makes it his, his own. So he reads it on the day, on the day of. He doesn't read the, the rest of the script or anyone else's dialogue, just his. And then he'll just kind of ad-lib it because he's a comedian. So that's why I, I want to use him in every film that I do. He's like our Stanley. He's like our lucky charm. Yeah, because in, in the second chapter, when uh, Patrick goes to tell him that, you know, he met the chick on Tinder and he's just like, Tinder? <laughs> I I, figured, I thought he was going to turn around with like a, what the fuck is Tinder? But... <laughs> and the idea was to to have him uh, eating in every scene as well, a bit like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. I wanted him like, who's eating crisps at a, a you know a crime scene? You know, <laughs> nobody does. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, were just adding like comedy moments like that in it. Really, we would be crying, laughing, editing it. You know, <laughs> Archie. It, I mean, the the end scene, the, his monologue at the end scene, uh, where he's like, "Roll up, roll up, everybody." You know, there's about six takes of that with all different dialogue. That uh, is just hilarious. Um, but obviously, well, the, the ending of Sweethearts. Not to give it away if anyone out there uh, wants to watch the film, but he has at the very end of the film, we kept rolling for a good eight minutes, and it was just all improv ad lib coming up with anything I'm going to bury you under the rose garden you could all this shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great yeah no all the times that I've seen him in your shorts he's been absolutely phenomenal hopefully many more films to come anyway because I'll be writing him in everything <laughs> surprise too he's in there <laughs> well I feel like everybody like has their favorites yeah I think I think um, personally Patrick I think had a lot more I know Dave mentioned earlier but he had so much range in the film where the first thing we shot was the clown. And like I said earlier, we, you use what you have. And Patrick mm-hmm. used to be a, a professional boxer. So he has a, like a, a piece at the front of his mouth that when he takes out, he's got a few teeth missing. And it just kind of adds a little uh, creepy aspect to it when he's playing a character like that. Yeah, I noticed like right away the difference in his, in his range. Yeah, I think as well we had a we had a table read. We didn't do many for it. A lot of them, it was just on the day filming, hoping that the actors knew the lines because we didn't really have time to meet up beforehand. But for the the social club, we did have we did meet up, and he was playing it very different than he did in the film. And he clearly went away for a few weeks, came back, and completely changed his performance because we had no real direction for him. He just absolutely crushed it. It's an easy performance in, in the club to go too far one way, you know, and he kind of reined it in a little bit, and that was perfect for what we wanted. Right. Um, so we're really happy with his performance. Fantastic. 
all of them, all of them really. You know, we we became like a family. You know, over fifteen months, you you do, and uh, I think they were all fantastic. Every one of them. Oh, they are absolutely. So, where where did most of the budget actually go for this? Travel expenses, um, catering, <laughs> you know, um, mainly stuff like that. I mean, that that was like that would be our budget each time. I mean, a lot of the the crew were were, were our friends and would would work just, for free. You know, just travel expenses, right? Just travel expenses, like hotel if people were traveling in. Um, yeah, the, the alcohol. We film at a lot of bars, <laughs> so we paid a lot of people like that. That's I how I paid myself. Your friends to work. Alcohol, <laughs> exactly. Part of the budget. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Now, where, where, where did you guys most? The costumes. You guys had some really good costuming. Yeah, I mean that's just uh, fancy dress shops. The clothes. Charity shops. Charity shops. Shops. Yeah, we we'd go into Manchester and. Uh, Go to all the stuff that Elton John would throw away for the models. That's what we'd use. <laughs> and people's own costumes as well. They'd just bring their own stuff. Or at eBay, even just getting some stuff off eBay. Where, where'd you get the police uniforms? Was that, was that eBay? Yeah, the police uniforms were off just off eBay. Yeah. Uh, I've still got oh. them. So we've, we've actually used them in other films as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just like yeah, eBay, Amazon... Just the cheapest we could get, really. Um, now, was this mainly filmed in Manchester or that area? Uh, yeah, Manchester and uh, Bolton, which is just about eight miles out of Manchester. So, like the reservoir in Sweethearts is literally, and the, the house in Sweethearts, that's my house. No. Oh. And yeah, <laughs> and the reservoir is at the back where I live. The, base, the basement, the pub basement is my basement. So I don't go in there now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in Chuckles, the, the pub um, is my one of my local pubs that I've been going in since I was like 18. And I knew the landlord and they, they, would, uh, they would let us use the pub from nine o'clock in the morning till three o'clock when it opened. So we just had like a six hour gap to film as much as we could. And I think we did, we did that in three days. And then the cellar that she goes into is at Dan's house. So that's in Manchester. Um, yeah, the Byron's house. In, in Whitby. Yeah, Byron's house is uh, my wife's boss's house. Uh, <laughs> so it's just like any location that we could get for free, really. We, we, we would write it round that as well. You know, if I knew I could, we knew we could get a boxing club for a. I think we did, we did. We had to pay for that, but it wasn't a lot. So I'd write down to the script. You know, I knew knew we could get a boxing club, so let's do it. You know, yeah. you write around what you what you can get, really. Yeah, we were we were actually up near the Whippy area when the last time we were over there, and I'd mu I'd much rather spend time up there than down near London. Oh yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Whereabouts were you near Whippy? Uh, we stayed at Rosedale Abbey. Oh shit. I used to go camping a lot around there, so um, we were actually meant to film in Danby, which is, is not too far. Yeah, because we, we spent two days in York, but we stayed, like, so where we were is about an hour north, mm. I, th I think it was, yeah. So yeah, Rosedale Abbey, um, my mother had a friend in Middlesbrough, so. That's where I'm from, that's awesome. <laughs> nice. Small world, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like so Whitby when we was uh, filming in Whitby, that's probably our uh, most expensive location because there was uh, five of us. Uh, Everything we went to, wrong. Yeah, uh, Dan could tell the, the story of uh, why we filmed in Whitby and where we, you know, uh, but we had to pay for a hotel there, and so that was expensive. You know, we had to get um, Jerg up from London. Um, guy who's from Saving Private Ryan. So, uh, yeah, he came up from London. So I had to pay for his train ticket. Steamboat Willie, right? Steamboat Willie, yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we, he was film, we, he's London-based, and he applied for a student film that we were making years ago when I was a student. So since then, I've just figured that we could get him for something. Mm -hmm. He's been in a good amount of, you know, big films. He's... Yeah. he's He's so professional. He's he's unreal. We didn't need to do anything when when he rocked up. 
But um, it was a bit of a nightmare because we were meant to film in Danby and we had this location because we want Jörg basically plays the fourth writer who writes the stories that are told in the film and that a, a, a character that he wrote years ago, the, um, the man in black type figure in the Stephen King world mm-hmm. is manifested in the real world and, and, and comes to collect basically. And we, we had this location planned for months and we wanted like a little cottage, a little recluse cottage where he could just write his books and if we were filming on the Saturday, I get a phone call on the Monday saying that the owner of the house we were filming sadly passed away and that the funeral was on the day we'd be filming there. So Dave, I phoned Dave up telling this. I phoned all the casting crew. We'd had this plan for so long. We'd paid everyone's travel fare hotel saying, look, I don't know what's going to happen because the script that we have, we can't really use um, because we can't film it there. And we'll just have to take a loss on this shoot. And then Dave rings back up that night saying, look, we're in Whitby. Why don't we just film in Whitby? Because it's quite, um, it's, you know, it's, it's got a lot of culture when it comes to horror. But then it just meant having to rewrite the entire opening. So that night I just drank a, you know, a lot and <laughs> woke up the next morning seeing what I wrote. And it just happened to be, I think, the best part of surprise, in my opinion, the opening. Um, and I think it's just because you're pressured into it and, there's a lot of money on the line. So I can imagine what it's like when you're actually dealing with funding from elsewhere. So right. it's certainly some of the, you take on with, you know, if, if I'm making films in 10 years time with budgets from elsewhere, it's some of that you keep the, the mentality really. I mean, we, in the hotel room that we stayed in is that that's where we actually filmed. Whereas on the typewriter at the beginning, the first shot of the film is yep. the hotel room that we were staying in that night. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I I, I kind of wanted you to to give us your like what what was your thoughts like on the on the third chapter like what was the thought process like behind it because honestly Byron was my favorite character in the whole thing I thought he was fantastic he's yeah. the best name as well I think Byron Vanderbilt <laughs> <laughs> the, the actual name the name came from I think it was a Twilight Zone episode um, that's where it came from originally oh you nicked it. <laughs> oh, no, not all of it. I'm, I'm just like the phrasing of the, the chapter more than the actual name. Oh, yeah, the last rites of... The last da, da, da. Rites I thought you meant of, you nicked the name. I think there's a, the last rites of... I can't remember the name of it, but it's a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Um, Basically, we wanted each of the chapters of Surprise to be influenced by a different aspect of horror cinema, really. So the, mm-hmm. the, the first one was kind of insidious jump scare horror. Um, more contemporary horror and then the second one was it, almost like Twin Peaks like a TV murder mystery detective right. thing and by the third one we just wanted to be a bit more experimental so it was a, it was a mix between obvious influence like Neon Demon uh, mm-hmm. the work of Nicholas Winding Refn uh, and also we took a bit of David Lynch so it was kind of a, a toss up between the two Yeah then it became like as we were writing and coming to film and the Harvey Weinstein stuff came about and was like, wow, we're hitting the nail on the head here <laughs> with this character. You know, he's, you know, he's a horrible guy who's treating this woman horrible. But, but he, act, he acted it so well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Garth. He's been doing this for years, man. He's a pro. Yeah, he's really I'm, fucking... Yeah. And his, his, his assistant was okay, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, We've all got our little cameos uh, within the film as well. I play uh, Debbie's child. Yeah, you're right at the beginning. Uh, Yeah, right at the beginning. He's in it three times. Well, you you guys were also on the the online, the the Sweethearts page Uh, at the the end of chapter two. (laughs) Yeah, you're catching everything. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) He's actually watched the film, Dave. Uh, (laughs) But you, you, you know that these things are there yourselves, but you're not sure if the audience are going to catch these little, right. little things. So it's nice to hear that you are, you know, people are. Um, yeah, I mean, I bump into Laura on the street in Byron. That's me. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm in the club as, as a vampire, but you, I'm just off camera slightly. I think you only see a little bit of me. But so yeah, I spent all day like... Uh, I did the vampire first because I had to shave my beard. To, to look like a, a little goaty, goaty. And then like, the next day, uh, I shaved it so it was a, a moustache to play dad. 
And as soon as I, <laughs> as soon as I'd shot that scene, I went to the bathroom and shaved off the moustache. <laughs> I'm not walking around with a moustache all day. <laughs> yeah, we filmed near a school, Dave. You can't be wearing that, mate. <laughs> uh, that's a red flag. <laughs> um, now, now, Dan, do you do you prefer the acting side of it, or do you prefer the production, directing, and writing side? I prefer the writing side of it, to be honest. A lot of the really? times, I hate being on set as a a director. I just like working with actors. Um, oh. I do like acting. I, I started it off really just because it was networking. Most of the actors in Surprise are people I'd met previously on other films that I'll take mm. on. So with Elliot, who plays the antagonist of the film, I was acting opposite him in a student film and his voice and his prowess, I just figured, right, I have to use you for this. Uh, you know. So then when we wrap that short film, as we're leaving, I go, Elliot, do you want to, uh, do you want to, do you want to play this character in this feature film that I'm making in a few months? You know. Um, but yeah, I do, I do love acting, but I haven't done it in... I mean, we haven't, we haven't been making films for three months now, this, this whole right. lockdown thing. And normally I'm, I, I do a bit of everything, uh, production assistant, a bit of makeup, uh, whatever's needed, um, mm. I'll do it. But I've just not been, I wouldn't say I've not been motivated, but I've not been surrounded by other creatives to... Right. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it, it's hard when you can't really be around people. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't know when it's going to end. So I had a few acting showreel pieces that I was going to film in April time. But then everything was in lockdown, so we just kind of pushed them back to whenever this ends, really. I'd like to say right. that I've been doing a lot of writing, but I haven't just because it's hard to, be, it's hard to motivate yourself, you know. Right. You have to just keep surviving. Yeah, it's hard so, to be inspired unless you're out and about in the real world. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So I had sent, I had sent Mike Occupied, yeah. which I watched. Actually, I just watched that about an hour ago again. And... Granted, I mean, only seven minutes, but wow. I mean, that was, that was a pretty, pretty impactful seven minutes. Was yeah. it uh, significant that you chose seven minutes? No. Uh, it, actually, it was a lot longer. Uh, originally, I cut it down. There was a lot more dialogue about halfway through between the two characters. Uh, so the two characters are trapped in a toilet, and uh, there's a terrorist attack going on in the restaurant, and they're coming to terms with that. Now, so... Yeah, about five minutes in, there was about four minutes cut out of it because oh, wow. it, it, it slowed it down and I needed the pacing to, you know, so that it felt, it, to me when I watch it, it feels like three minute film. You know, it feels mm. half the length. It does. It actually is. So, um, yeah, that was a film that I did um, about three years, three years ago. That, <laughs> the cost of that was um, five packets of crisps, five... <laughs> Bottles of cork and five uh, sandwiches. <laughs> that was the budget. So I had a I had a camera cameraman who was going to come and he he basically told me three days before that he was going to Australia. So I literally just used my own camera and it's just me in a cubicle with the two characters and uh, oh, well, a mic under the cubicle door. So. <laughs> And, and we just filmed it like that. So there are some trick shots where they're just against white walls because I couldn't get the camera. Right. Luckily, it's just a white cubicle. But yeah, it was a fun fun shoot to do. It was, uh, I storyboarded everything before I went in, so I knew what shots I needed and, and that. So yeah, it was good. And it's done a few festivals. Uh, it's done okay. But uh, yeah. But I think the timing was was kind of wrong with it as well when it when it was doing the festival circuit it was a time when uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in manchester i mean the manchester bombing was all right uh, at the manchester arena was on a tuesday and i was showing it to the producer on thursday oh god i think uh, yeah i think all oh, the manchester bombing was monday i'm not sure i can't remember the day but uh, yeah, it was like three days later I was showing it to producer and it just felt a bit too like the nail on the head, you know, it's like, and I think that's why it, it did okay at the festival, but I think it could have done better. It, it yeah, well, I mean, it was definitely very real and I think that's what made it so scary. Yeah, I mean, it showed a, a festival in Manchester, a Kino Festival, which is a massive festival and I was there and there was a few people crying in the audience. So it had a good reaction, you know. 
you get if you get some emotion out of someone, I think that's good. You know? Yeah, no, I def you definitely feel the anxiety of mm. um you know of what's kind of like happening and the unknown. Yeah. Of uh, helplessness. Right. Yeah, uh, I love. I just love the script. It, it was actually a, a company that uh, one of my tutors at college she runs um, a script writing like course. She does script writing course, and she just came with me with a script and said, "Do you fancy doing it?" And I was like, "Yeah." You know, so I was actually filmed at my college, even though I'd left. I'd be. I'd, I think I've got. I'd be left for about six months, something like that. And went back to college to film it got permission to do that so yeah it was good the other one the other one that i sent him was um in the dead of night which actually is that, ah. that was so cool <laughs> it was different wasn't it it was it was it was an experimental short film that's that's what it was made for really but the editing was fantastic i mean just like the just like the, the, the snap yeah yeah so so the idea for the uh, for the people who are listening the idea was it would cut between day and night um, the problem with doing that is you have to do so many takes of it, and also right. often you don't take, you don't pick the take that is necessarily the best acted. You'll do the one that matches closer to the the night shoot that we shot previously. But it was it was different. It was uh, it's something that we'd like to develop into something a bit more. But for a little low budget horror film, it was fun to do. We basically had um, we'd we'd shoot on the night, and then we would film the following day. And the uh, director of photography would basically live stream what we were shooting and would overlay that on top of what we'd shot the previous night to match it up closely. So it was just uh, trial and error in terms of doing so many takes of it. That's Scarecrow. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> Scarecrow. I'd like to see that guy again. You're, you're looking at him. <laughs> I'm the scarecrow. Well, at the end, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm the scarecrow at the end in the last few shots. And I think it's a different action beginning. <laughs> yeah, you played it at the end, Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Overplayed it. <laughs> so with all, I mean, everything going on, I know you said it's kind of hard to write and get projects out there. How do you see this kind of impacting, like, the film industry or movie industry, like, going forward? Yeah, I mean, like, just with ourselves, it's like we we. This year we was going to put surprise into a festival, into the festival circuit, but in uh, America because we've only done it in England so far. And it's like, is there any point? You know, is there actually any point in putting it into festivals because nothing's being shown? It's all online now, right? So there's no cinemas, no screenings, live screenings. It's just all going online. So. It's it's difficult because I I just put it off till next year. I'm just waiting till next year now. I mean, they're, they're saying the cinemas are opening again uh, next month in um, the UK, but a lot of the screenings that they're showing that they're saying are like going to be old films, like Singing in the Rain's on. And, and Jurassic <laughs> Park actually was number yeah. one last week here in the states. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I I, I think. There's not going to be much out at the cinema this year. Um, no. You know, it's all, there'll be a lot of big budget films coming out hopefully next year. <laughs> and I think that'll be the back end, if not the year after. It might even take right. that long, you know. Well, even like television shows, like the second halves of their seasons have been delayed. Yeah. You know, till, till next year. And I've started like watching TV now, but I'll only watch series that I know have finished. Right. <laughs> you know, so I'm going back to series that started 10 years ago and watching old series rather than starting new ones because I, I kind of don't see the point because it might never finish. Yeah. Right. So well, I'm, ca I'm doing catch up at the moment. So my wife and I were, we're big into the show Vikings and we had just like finished, it's the last season. We just finished the first half and we're like, when the hell is it coming out? And I looked up is they had to, they had to halt like production. Okay. Yeah, because that usually, like, each season has a big break in the middle, right. doesn't it? So, yeah, because I watched that. Uh, yeah, but I've not, even that, I've not started watching the new season because I'm just like, I'm, I wait till it's all finished and then I'll binge watch them. It sucks because this season is so good. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because especially where they're releasing cinematic, like cinema movies on like Amazon Prime. Yeah. And, you know, is, is that going to be the future? I mean, we're supposed to have movies open up Monday. Is it Monday or the following Monday? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, so I believe the 30th is phase two. No, okay. the 30th is phase 2.2685. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I can't see people walking back to the theater right away. They're not. Drive-ins, though, are doing really well right now. Yeah. yeah, well, you, yeah. You live, well, you live right down the street from one. And I haven't even got to go. <laughs> I think they've been doing okay over here as well. In the UK, they're doing some drive-ins. Uh, I know there's a drive-in in Manchester, but uh, I've never been to it. Yeah, so, so who knows? I mean, I've been out of work for the last three months, and I keep getting pushed back. And So, I mean, we don't, we don't know. And then you got states like Texas and Florida who are skyrocketing you know, in thousands and thousands of like new cases every day. I mean, we're, we have like maybe a couple hundred every day, but I think we're a little more disciplined with our precautions. Yeah. We, and we just do it for the whole country, really. They're just uh, yeah. like, but it's quite, it's about 130, I think now a day, uh, uh, dying. I'm not sure how many people are getting it, but in Bolton, where I live, we've, I think we've done about 10 days now with no deaths. So it is, you know, it's starting to look better. There is a, you know, a future there, hopefully, you know, that we're not all stuck indoors, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's but, definitely, it's, it's, I mean, it's definitely something, I mean, none of us have ever been, you know, we don't know what to do. <laughs> it's, I've been through this before. I mean, I'm, I'm a postman, so I'm like key worker. So I've been like really busy for the last, you know, since it started. But yeah. my wife, she's on the furlough. Um, so, you know, everyone's not sure what's going on. And people are starting going back work now. So, but then we're just waiting for, you know, the second wave and all that. So, right. um, I mean, like with surprise, I think, like we're not putting into festivals as much as we wanted to this year, then maybe we can consider like going onto Amazon Prime and trying to get it onto some kind of network. We'd love to uh, try and sell it to, even the idea would be great to just sell it to somebody. Uh, if there are any, if there are any producers out there, you know, listening, uh, we would love to, uh, like remake the film but on a bigger budget and, and flesh it out a little bit flesh the characters out uh, now when we watch it we, we, we've got more ideas that we could do and we have an idea for surprise two and three as well so we've got it as a trilogy but it's just you know hopefully we can get it out there and people well, are, I, I know i know mike had told me and i felt the same way it was when it was over you know we we wanted to see more of it definitely yeah, yeah. The way you guys stretched that budget, I can only imagine how well you would do with a big oh, time. We, we have like ideas like uh, for Surprise 2 and 3 that like pushes the budget that we couldn't afford, really. Right. So, and, and we're not really a, a fan of Kickstarter. We feel like it's a bit like begging. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how people <laughs> feel about it, you know. But, but, uh, that's I think you want to you want to go legit, don't you, Remy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of, a lot of I, people are doing that now. Rob Zombie yeah. funded one of his movies doing that. He just gave people incentives, and it's like yeah. they're being rewarded. Well, he, he's true. got CDs in his garage; he can give it away, and he's. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like Rob Zombie doesn't really need a Kickstarter. <laughs> he, he he funded a whole movie like that just to see how it would work out. Yeah, which would, would, in the future. I'm not saying we're totally against it, but for our first feature, we just felt, you know, we would try and finance it ourselves and see how it went. But we didn't want to do the Kevin Smith route where we've mortgaged our house for it. You know, we we want to just save up a few, you know, a bit of money and then try and see where that all stretches in our budget. You know, and luckily we've got enough people that we've met over the years that'll help us out with that as well. It's all about networking and knowing who, you know, people you know. Right, that's that, that's really it. Which, um, Mike, which which movie was it that he had through Kickstarter? 31. Oh, is that the that the Carney film? The yeah. traveling, yeah, okay. Actually, a co- co-worker of mine let me borrow it. It's still sitting on one of my shelves. I don't think I've seen the last, I don't think I've seen the last couple films that he's done. 
I love Devil's Rejects, but I've not even seen the last one. Devil's Rejects is definitely that's that's, that's amazing because House of a Thousand Corpses was kind of just like a collection of music videos, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was kind of like a Texas Chainsaw homage. Yeah, yeah, and then Devil's Rejects came out, and that was Texas Chainsaw. But he... that's, that's like what happened after Texas Chainsaw, isn't it? It's like as if the film it's like the un- unofficial sequel, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how it feels. Yeah, it's a good film. So what are like what are your go to horrors? Like if if you're just you know, you have nothing to do, you're sitting at home, what, what do you go to? <laughs> something something fun. Yeah. That's 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 the kind of horror I yeah. like. Something yeah. something you're drinking with a few mates and you wanna just put a, a gory film on. Blood, tits, big monsters. That's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> the, the three best aspects of uh, <laughs> no, not at all. But just, just I, I, I think my favorite is probably from Dust Till Dawn. But then I like just anything that you can have fun with, really, because I, I don't really get scared by a lot of horror films. So films that people say are scary and and great films of the last ten years, just I don't know, films like Insidious, not for me. See that, and that's the movie that kind of got me re like back into or kind of like changed where horror was going in my opinion i mean i could be wrong i liked sinister i liked sinister i, I did that, too yeah I, I thought it kind of did the whole insidious thing but i don't know there's a resurgence of like haunted house films and i love haunted house films mm-hmm. like my favorite film horror film is the haunting from the 1960s the original one i think that's a, that was a film that terrified me when i was younger and it's showing less you know, they show, they show too much, these, like, The Conjuring and stuff like that. They'll always have, like, the scary nun or whatever. And I, I like to see less in my horror films and, and let my own imagination take over, really, especially when it comes to haunting films. Mm. Um, you know, I don't need to see the ghost. You know, it's, more, it's much better if you can hear it. And, right. You know, than actually see it up front and then it jumps towards the screen, you know. Um, like the original haunting, there's no effects in it whatsoever. It's all done with sound design, and it's absolutely terrifying. At 17 years old, uh, I saw that on a in my bedroom, and my mum and dad had gone on holiday and watched that on TV by myself at like two o'clock in the morning, and I couldn't sleep all night. Absolutely terrified me. So hearing noises everywhere. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but, but mainly, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm with Dan. I've got to go with the fun stuff. Just if I'm on a Saturday night and I'm having a few beers, you know. Put Evil Dead 2 on or, or, you know, Lost Boys or, you know, stuff like that. Stuff that's just fun. And, you know, and that's kind of what we wanted to do with Surprise as well. You know, I, I think a lot of horror films have, have forgot that aspect uh, these days. They're all going for the jump scares every two minutes. Right. They get to tell an actual story that is a bit fun. You know, I, I start to get bored with a lot of horror films these days. And, and I think they take themselves too seriously, don't they? Yeah, they do. And, and, and they're like two and a half hours long. Like, does it really need to be this long? You do, do you really need to explain everything? Right. And you know, I'll leave it to the imagination a little bit and have a bit of fun with it. See, and that's why I loved like, like Shaun of the Dead so much because they yeah. didn't take themselves seriously. I mean, they probably, I mean, they took it seriously, but they didn't take themselves seriously, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You tell they were was, on doing it. Right. Yeah, they were having a laugh as they were filming, definitely, you know. And and that's what we're surprised we were like, you know, we burst out laughing a few times, you know, and, you know, it was a fun fun time to be, you know, on set and, you know, we're all friends and, you know, that, and that's what, that's what you need, really. Right. I mean, it probably doesn't get better. Just hanging out with your friends, making a movie, hopefully yeah. make some money off of it. I mean, like I said, the production quality was spectacular. Thank you. I mean, it's, what is it? Uh, just digital, digital cameras. There's nothing special about the cameras. It's just, uh, I think the way they're used really more than anything. Uh, you know, camera guys were fantastic, you know, what they did. Well done, Pete. Well done, Pete. Uh, <laughs> with this free of them, with this free. Camera guys, but I mean, one was. Oh yeah, yeah. Pete was Pete was um throughout though. Yeah, he was throughout. Yeah. But I mean, I've seen some some indie films, and it just they don't. And like you said, it could be just the camera work. It's just they just don't look good. 
I think I think what it is, even though we were working with a small budget, we wanted to be as ambitious as we could with some of the shot setups and we, we didn't want to feel limited to what we could do or couldn't do with a yeah. budget. So we just thought we'd try it. I mean there's some shots in it that we spent an hour setting up and we didn't even use. Well there's some crazy the like, first few there, was, days. there was some crazy like overhead shot. I'm now I'm assuming you just just use a drone for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a drone, yeah. Uh, the, the pub shot uh, with, with the drone and, and chuckles. I mean, that that took a long time to do because the first drone that we got, the wind caught it and it flew into a tree and broke. Luckily, the camera guy had a he had another drone, so we had, at, that was at my house. So we had to drive to my house, get the other drone in, and, and set it up again. So that took all day just to do that one shot. You know. But luckily, we could film other things within the pub while while that was going on, you know. So I would so there was like some some days where I'd go off with some of the crew and like on sweethearts, I went off and filmed some stuff while Dan was filming some stuff. So we'd have two cameras going at one time because we know we didn't have that much time. So right. yeah, it's all because of budget, really. You know, we would right. love to have had you know a week just filming sweethearts instead of like. What, three days, four days. So I don't know. I think I think I already asked you guys, but I mean, you don't really have anything planned for the future, just because you're kind of limited. Yeah. Um, where, like, where can people find you? I know, Dave. I got in touch with you on Twitter. Yeah. But your your Twitter handle's kind of long for me to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously, we're on uh, Vimeo. Yes. Um, He's reading it out. That's, it's too long. He's reading it. That's long as well. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, we've not because we because we're still going into festivals. We've not really put it out online properly. That's why it's on Vimeo, and it's kind of a lot of the time it's locked, so people can't watch it because right. uh, a lot of festivals don't like you know. It, so I, that's why it's not on YouTube. Yeah, um, I mean the idea really is eventually it'll go on Amazon Prime or you know go on Amazon eventually um, in the future. Maybe next end of next year it'll go on to Amazon. Um, or we might get a deal and make it again, and then it'll be at the cinema. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, that would be that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the, we've got big ideas for it really, and uh, it it's it's bigger than our budget, you know, which is a shame. I suppose you can't you can't uh, disclose some of those ideas, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll do it. <laughs> well surprise two is um more of a oh, road yeah i'm off i've had, I've had a beer now i'm off <laughs> so yeah um, it's it's like a, we wanted to do a road movie and uh even the idea of like getting other directors into shoot shots to put in there and we just did the wraparound so so basically the this the second film is we want it immediately taken place. We might as well tell them. Fuck them. Yeah, tell them. It, it, it takes place uh, immediately after the first one. So it's them trying to get rid of the bodies. Um, and because it's set straight after, it's also on Halloween night. And there's a radio show of people phoning in to this radio station telling stories. And it goes into those stories. So it's similar. There's a Tom Hardy film called Lock, which is set entirely in the confines of a car. It's basically that, but as a horror film, really. Yeah. And then, the third, and then the third one, we're going away from uh, the short stories. We want to tell a bigger story. And we were thinking of something a bit more like um, Dream Warriors, where they go into the mind of Elliot, our character, uh, to try and find out how they can stop the apocalypse. Which you know, is... the director of VHS4 is sat there with a pen and paper. I know he is. You know. <laughs> all this shit down. Copyright, copyright. <laughs> copyright, yeah. That's how it works, Dave. Just say copyright after everything. That's how it works. <laughs> Loose lips sink ships. Remember yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but oh no, we, we do have some ideas. We'd love to kind of do a, like I say, a Sam Raimi comeback, remake it with a budget. But uh, for what it is, we're, we're still very proud of the first one and what we did with such a small budget. And since oh, then, we've, should be. we've met so many, uh, so many people making it that we've worked with since. Pe extras who turned up for the social club scenes and then we ended up using as director of photography for other films, really. 
Yeah, no, you guys should totally be proud of it. I mean, like I said, it is, I thought it was cinema quality. Yeah, it didn't make like an $8,000 budget. Thank you. Yeah, so it's a lot of hard work, but we're, yeah, we're very pleased with it. I mean, if it never, if it never gets remade, then we've got something that we, you know, we're very proud of, you know, and the, the time that we spent, you know, as I said, we've felt like we've become a little bit of a family with these people, you know, the, the good friends now, you know, and, you know, I obviously Dan's not just uh, someone I've worked with, we're, we're good friends, you know, even though we've not known each other that long, really, you know. So, yeah, hopefully in, in the future we can get to make it into a trilogy, even if it's low budget again, as I said. But. We'll do it animated. <laughs> I'd watch it. We'll do a David Lynch. We'll just get a load of human-sized puppets and yeah. and do a laser head. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I hope you do guys get it out there so people can see it, other than you know, just on Vimeo. Yeah, we'll 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 link it to your um, Twitter page and all that as well. So we, you know, you've done that for us anyway. But uh, yeah, if we can get it to a, a wider audience, that would be amazing. You know, instead of yeah, I mean, we'll we'll plug it as much as we can. I mean, we it's all it's all, it's all we can do. You know, get get people to watch it. It, it is a labour of love for us, and it is just friends getting together. I mean, even like um, the, the song at the end, um, that's that's my mate from school's band. You know, <laughs> I reached out to him. It's a band called uh, Black Sheets of Rain. Yeah, Black Sheets of Rain. So you can check them out on Spotify. Uh, and I, I just, yeah, I just reached out to them. Dave, and said, you've not you said where they can find you yet. I know, well, that's what he asked 10 minutes ago <laughs> what's your Twitter <laughs> right. what is it vimeo.com 35954813 oh god um, I'm yeah. on Instagram <laughs> Surprise of the movie on Instagram. I think there's a yeah, link. Yeah, I've got. Um, so basically, I've, I've been keeping busy. I've been doing a few posters just to uh, keep busy during all this <laughs> crazy time. And through October, I want to do a few horror films, maybe two or three posters a, a week to upload. So I wanted to ask you two guys, um, what films do you want to see? What do you want me to do? Hmm. Like any, like any movie, anything, anything. Any movie. Because I've been doing, I've, I've done all of uh, Christopher Nolan's films for the release of Tenet, but it keeps getting pushed back. So I've got some time to do some other posters. So I'm looking at maybe 10 or 12 posters to do. So I wanted just to, I don't know if there's a, a favorite horror film you want or one that I should check out. Which, which poster should I do? Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Awesome. A pretty good one. And it kind of feels. Yeah, the one with Bob. Relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jeremy likes Friday the 13th as well. One of you does. <laughs> yeah. About that, so. yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big Friday fan. Which one's your favorite one? It changes. Please. I swear to you God. You said the eighth one. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I love the one where it goes to Manhattan. It was the one with a space. Yeah. Oh, hey, that, one was, uh, that one was fun. Shut up. Is that the one with the space? Is that the one with the, uh, the sleeping bag? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two good I, death scenes there. I I think part six is my favorite, just because I mean they 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 basically made a parody of themselves, and it just looked like they had fun with it. Um, my other is that favorite the one, the kinetic one. No, was that it? was part seven. Oh, I should have yeah, watched next one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that one, part six and part four, channel final chapter. Those are my two favorites. Is that the one with the kid with the puppets? The yes. fourth one. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the final chapter. Yeah, that's the one with the cover where he has the mask and the dagger through the eye. Oh, there were uh, other films like after it. the final chapter. No. <laughs> <laughs> final chapter of the first book. <laughs> the- <laughs> there, there's even more after the final Friday. Yeah, we we, we should call surprise free the final chapter. <laughs> 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 oh my god <laughs> um, but uh, you, I was so happy you guys decided to come on the show I mean oh, this you. was fun 
Hopefully. It's our first podcast, man. This is our, you know, busted our cherry with this one. <laughs> well, I'm well, glad we could do that for you. You're like Ansel <laughs> Elgort. I'll never be the same again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have a question for you, Dan. I saw on your resume that you can do a Boston accent. I would love no, to that. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I got to do that. <laughs> so my Boston accent is basically, uh, have you seen Black Mass, Johnny Depp? Yeah. 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 It's basically that. So I'm not going to embarrass myself right now because I'm trying to be an actor here and I'll never work again. <laughs> Come on, I'll, it's send like everyone... the, I'll send you the audio. That's fine. I'll sound like Mark Wahlberg. Doing that bad Boston accent. They're from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They do get... <laughs> oh, what was it? Was it The Departed? It was just a whole movie full of bad accents. You mean The Departed? Yeah, the departed. The departed. Yeah, you sound like Ted. <laughs> well, he's from he's from New England too, Seth MacFarlane. He's from Rhode oh, really? Island. Yeah, that's a small world. Yeah. Should get these guys on. <laughs> um, but no, thank you guys so much. Um, we had a blast talking to you. Hopefully, we can talk to you guys again. Yeah, um, you know, later on, when, you know, any other future stuff that you do, or even just to shoot the shit. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a few beers and chats. I'd love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go to the pub yet, so we're. <laughs> this is the um, and at least, at least we're social distancing on uh, this Zoom thing, so you know. Yeah, there you go. Stay um, safe, people. <laughs> thank you guys so much again, and check out Surprise. I'll post the link on our Facebook page. Mike can throw it up on Twitter and I'll throw it up on Instagram again. And you guys are awesome. Thank you. Legends, man. Legends. Nice one. Good luck with the show, guys. (laughs) Yeah, good luck with the show. (laughs) Good luck uh, on Monday. (laughs) I'm going to work on my Boston accent. (laughs) (laughs) I expect expect a sample. Uh oh. (laughs) We'll work on our English accents. (laughs) I'll work on mine as well. You know what's funny? I, 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 when we were over there, I said to my wife, I'm like, I kind of want to just order something in a British accent, but I feel like they'll know I'm faking it and just they'll get super pissed. Yeah, we, we, watch, Brit- we watch British films and go, where's that accent from? That doesn't sound like us. <laughs> we're, we're from the North. We're, John, we're like Jon Snow, you know. <laughs> well, I, I used to work for, with a guy who, who lived just outside of London and but he had that thick like cockney accent yeah yeah so i mean it'd be funny i became his interpreter because our boss was just like what, what the fuck did he say i'm like oh well, he said this yeah. oh i've watched enough gangster films to know what he sounds like <laughs> <laughs> but, all right guys thank you so much thank you good good luck with everything and uh we'll talk soon Thank you very much, mate. Honestly, it's been uh, it's been fun. All right, I think that went uh, fairly well. That was pretty fun. It was actually they um, they're they're pretty pretty laid back guys. I think Dan was Did- drinking a little bit of whiskey there. I know yeah. it, over there it's about nine o'clock now. Yeah, I wish I knew. I would have not been a pussy and drank the seltzers. Is that what you were drinking? I thought you were drinking spiked seltzers or something weird. Yeah. It's all good. I'm drinking Bud Light. So what are you going to do? Yeah. It's but... still early over here. We're pre-gaming. <laughs> Although, so I've, I feel like we should give out their their social media information because <laughs> it was actually pretty hilarious because Dan called them out on it. Was yeah. um... <laughs> So Dave Green's Twitter handle is at GRE60865747, D-A-V-E. That's a lot of characters. Hmm. And uh, Dan McGee's on YouTube. You can hit him up. Hermit, Hermitage Wanderer. Hermitage Wanderer. It's H-E-R-M-I-T-A-G-E-W-A-N-D-E-R-E-R. He's got a lot of videos up there. Some of them are a little spooky. Some of them are hilarious. Go check him out. Absolutely. You can find him on Instagram. It's me... Uh, McGee, myself, and I on Instagram. Funny, I like that. You can also reach us on Instagram 
at Fans of the Dead One. Also on YouTube, Fans of the Dead. We're also on Twitter at Fans of the Dead One, the number one. Also, find us on Facebook, as always, Fans of the Dead. You can hear us on Podomatic, Spotify, iTunes. Hit us up at Fans of the Dead Podcast at gmail.com. Leave some feedback, some suggestions for topics, maybe a possible interview you want to be chatted up <laughs> whatever man just just uh, drop us a line as always have fun be safe peace <laughs>